Hey, good morning, church. How's everybody doing? Good. I, it was really weird. It, I, I have ringing in my ear from me playing music. So uh, if I'm yelling at you, I'm sorry. I'm, I apologize. Hey, check this out. You know, uh, Rachel was telling you guys a little bit earlier, she kind of stole my thunder, but it's, it's Pastor Josh's birthday today, which is why I'm here preaching, because Pastor Josh, it, it, man, he loves getting out and just kind of resting with his family, especially on like special occasions, and so I think it's awesome, man. I love you guys. Pastor Josh, I hope that you are rested and relaxed. I hope that you're filled up from that ugly Auburn win last night, that barely Auburn win. That's what I like to call that barely Auburn win. Um, and I also want to, can I just, Pastor Josh, I just want to take a second and, and just encourage you, man, I hope that you don't feel even a stitch of condemnation for thinking church is not important enough to come on your birthday. I just pray, I pray that wherever you are, there is no condemnation, right? Oh, man. I hope he's watching this live. He can't even, he can't even do anything. <clears throat> anyway, so we're in this series called Nine Flavors, right? And we've been talking about different fruits of the Spirit. In each week, we've kind of taken a fruit of the Spirit, and we've, we've kind of broken apart. And listen, my, my week kind of fell on the week of peace, and, and I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, you know, there's, there's messages that just kind of stick out when you start thinking about peace. There's things, that, there's even scripture, at least with me, that starts to, to stick out in my mind about peace. And so I, I immediately said, God, unless you want me to, I'm not going to preach on any of that. God, I want you to show me something today. I want you to give me something for the people because I believe that God is going to give us a fresh word. And listen, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you today that today is going to be one of those words that is both challenging and encouraging at the same time. Because I believe that, that there's people in here that this message is going to speak to. There's people online that this message is going to speak to. What's up online? Drop me some love in the chat, please. They're being quiet in here. I can tell it's going to be weird. I need y'all to make some noise in the chat for me. All right, I need y'all to make some noise. Um, I'm just kidding. They're, they're laughing. We got a good crowd this morning. I, I love it. I love, I love being up here and being able to preach to you guys. Um, but before we look at the fruit of the spirit of peace, I wanted to go back and I wanted to read what Paul wrote in Galatians uh, in, in Galatians 5, 5 uh, verse 22, we find the fruit of the Spirit, right? And it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Listen to this. There is no law against these things. There is no law against these things. That is amazing. That means this is all free. Y'all can, can love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness. You know, Y'all can do all that all you want. That's what Paul is saying. Feel free to live like this. And in verse 24, it says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passion and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit. Amen. Some of y'all, some of y'all might be here this morning and be like, oh, that's not talking about me. I'm not living by the Spirit. I just want to tell you, 
You've came to the right place. I believe God is going to speak to us this morning. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. God, I pray that this word hits right where it needs to hit. God, I pray that right now, Lord, that, that we are all just open vessels ready to receive what you have for us because at the end of the day god we know that you're working everything out for our good and and, and so that we can have peace god teach us to have a peace like no one else in your holy name we pray amen amen so here's what i know about paul right paul had this almost supernatural ability and and i I mean you know it's kind of you know how many times i i erased my notes right here because uh, the, the supernatural, you know, Paul did have a supernatural ability. He had the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so he did have a supernatural ability. But listen, he, he had this ability to live and abide in the presence of Jesus through so many hard times. Paul's, Paul's life was marked with, with different hardships and different troubles. His ministry was marked with troubles and hardships. He, he, he was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he was arrested. He had hard times, but he always, if you look back at Paul and what he writes, he's always encouraging because what he's saying is, you know, it's not me, it's Jesus. And I'm going to see Jesus through no matter what happens to me. Can, we, can I get an amen in this place this morning? I, I, I could see Jesus through, through everything. When you have a relationship with God like that and you could see Jesus through your circumstances, man, what a powerful place to be. So we're going to look at one of these hard times that, that we find Paul um, and we're, we're able to look at how he showed the peace of God. And, and honestly, I think that it will teach us how to have some peace, right? Because listen, I want to tell you that the same fruits that, that Paul writes about in Galatians are available to us today. And I love that line that he writes, we should live in them abundantly. We should live in them abundantly because if you read, you know, it's funny because if you read the, the fruits of the sinful desire... It's all these bad things, right? And, and, and it's all these things that, that even us uh, in America right now, we look at this and we think this stuff is detestable for, for the most part. But when we read the fruit of the Spirit, it's not like opposite. Uh, uh, Paul is saying that these are the fruit of the Spirit and these are the things that breaks bondage. These are the things that breaks through, through people and lets us evangelize, Amen. And so I think it's powerful, and I think that if we could get this today, man, I've had this on my spirit all week. I'm so excited to get ready to, to dive into this <clears throat> so that we can operate in these fruits in our everyday life, right? So this story is found in Acts 27. It, it starts in verse 39. It'll be up on the screen. You don't have to follow around because, honestly, I'm going to kind of read this, and then I'm going to break down the story and, and break down everything that's going on. It says in verse 39, When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. So they cut off all the anchors, and they left them in sea, right? Um, they lowered the rudders and raised the foresail, and then they headed towards the shore. But they hit a shoal, 
and ran the ship aground too soon. The, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I've done this every time. I said bow. I said bow. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. Because every time I've read this, I've been like the bow of the ship. And then I'm like, it Every time. Bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves. And it began to break apart. Now let me pause right there for a few minutes and, and let me tell you a little bit of the backstory. So Paul is a prisoner and he's on this ship with other prisoners and they hit a storm, right? Now, come on somebody who's been just doing life and, and, and all of a sudden you hit a storm. And, and you know what? I also thought it was funny that not only did he hit a storm, but he hit a storm while he was a prisoner. Come on. How many of y'all have been going through something and, and felt like you're a prisoner in this, in this time, and then you hit a storm? Right, because this is what happens to Paul. He's a prisoner, and then they hit a storm. And I want to tell you that this was not just any storm. This is a storm that puts boats on the bottom of the ocean. Right, this is a storm. They were scared. They didn't know if they were going to die or not. Paul didn't know if he was going to die or not. And, and, and so then the Bible says that an angel of the Lord came to him and said, don't worry. Now, this is paraphrase, right? Don't worry. There's purpose on your life. Can somebody say there's purpose on my life this morning? Yes, yes. There is purpose on my life this morning. And, and, and here's what I know. When there's purpose on your life, you're not going to be drowned by the storm. Amen. Yeah, come on. Y'all bring it out of me. Help me preach this morning. I love it. Um, listen, we expect the story to stop here though, right? Right. This is a good part of the story. The angel of God comes and gives Paul the word of God. Hey, you're going you're gonna to be okay. There's purpose in your life. And he actually told him, he's like, you're going to go to Rome and you're going to stand trial. And so he knows that he's not going to go down in the storm because Paul has peace in the word of God. But here's where we get stuck is we expect the story to end there. Close the book. Amen. Y'all see how God stopped the storm? But that's not what happened. We expect right here, we expect the seas to part, right? Because that's something that happens in the Bible. We expect the seas to part and Paul just to be able to walk to Rome right? He, he could just get to Rome. As a matter of fact, he could just be in Rome. You know, God has the power to do that. God has the power to do all of that. He could be in Rome. And, and this is where we, we get ready with our choruses. You know, you've never failed me yet. Great is thy faithfulness. And although those are true, can I just preach to you for a second? That's not what happened here. I want us to be very clear that is not what happened. As a matter of fact, the storm got worse. The storm got worse. It beat on them for days to the point to where the boat was starting to break apart. Can you imagine being in an ocean? Can I just, I'm going to set you free. I'm going to teach you something today. If you're out in the middle of an ocean in the storm, you want a boat. Amen. You want a boat. You want something to be in. But, but they decided Finally, after the storms just beat them, they see a place. They don't even know where it is. This could be cannibals. This can be whatever. You know, y'all seen Scooby-Doo movies. Them islands are weird, right? And they go to this island, and they're shipwrecked. 
and then the boat starts to break apart. That's how powerful this storm was. The boat is starting to break apart. And here, we're going to pick up in verse 42. It says, the soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure that they didn't swim ashore and escape. But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul. Can I just stop right there? And I, I, I can tell you, not only when, when you receive the word of God that you have purpose on your life, not only will the storms not... It's happening right here. We're seeing God stop. We're seeing God use somebody that shouldn't care. Yeah, kill them all, man. That's probably what's going to happen to them anyway. We're all going to drown out here. Kill them all, feed them to the sharks. Let's try to get on the lifeboat. Let's go home, you know, and, and, and he stopped. And I can just tell you that, that listen to the word of God today. Not only will the storms not get you, but, but God will put people in your life to stop everything else. Amen. Some of y'all know who that is right now. You, you can picture them in your mind who God has sent, who God's trying to use carry out their, I bet I got to stop. I need to, I need to go on. Y'all need to let me go on. All right. So he says, then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. Listen, I'm just going to tell you, I would have already been gone. I'm like, there's, there's some things, this thing's not working out. I'm going to die in the water or you're going to kill me. Peace. Right. I would have jumped. But then in verse 44, and, and I want y'all to hear this. It says the others held on to planks or debris from a broken ship, from a broken ship. Hey, uh, I just want to tell you that they were grabbing apart parts of the ship. And, you know, I'm sitting up here. I'm getting ready to go into this message. And I just realized I didn't bring my illustration. <laughs> so, anyway, y'all are going to have to bear with me. Y'all are going to have to pretend it's here. Because I just slap left it. It happens, man. I got, you know how, you ever had like kids and they've been so crazy that you just forget how many kids you have? Yeah. That's, that's kind of what this week's been like. I'm the, I, I called my mom. I'm like, how many kids do I have today? Mom, what's going on with my life? So it happens. Y'all, please forgive me. And you can use your imagination. We're going to use some imagination building today. Amen. Listen, they grabbed a hold of the parts of the boat that was starting to break apart. And I think that's where a good bit of us are living right now. We had peace when the storm started, right? We had peace when the storm started because we, we know that God can stop the storm. We, we've seen that. We, we, we've heard that. My, if I was Paul, I'd be sitting here like, my good buddy Peter, like, I've seen him stop storms. I've seen him do some crazy stuff. He's going to stop this. We're going to be all right. Peace when the storm started because we know that God could stop the storm. And then we had peace when the storm didn't stop, right? Because how, how many of y'all have seen God will let things go on sometimes a little longer than we want them to or even that we think that they should. What comes to mind right here is when they were on the boat and they were trying to get across. And, and, and I remember uh, like the storm is going all around them and Jesus just has peace, you know. And, and all the disciples are like, this guy's crazy. We're all going to die out here on this boat. Will you please do something? And it's like, you know, um, if I was on that boat and I was Jesus, I would have just stopped that storm all the way. But you see, his, his peace wasn't in the fact that the storm would stop. His peace was in God. 
and so it enabled him to be on that boat and had peace, even though the storm was still going. And so here we are, we have peace, we're good. But, but here's where we lose it when the storm starts to get worse. When, when we think, man, it should be over, but the storm starts to get wor- worse. Where we lose it is where we get stuck and the ship starts to break apart, amen? The, the, the ship starts to break apart, and now you're looking around. You're looking at the storm that's not stopped. You're looking at the thing that was keeping you safe, and it's breaking apart, and you're looking at the, your, your safety, and it's just a little bit too far to reach. And you think, now what? Can I say something today that's going to be hard to hear? You give me permission? I'll say it with a smile. You want me to say it with a smile? I'll say it with a smile. Listen, this is going to be hard for some of us to hear, but I think it's important that we get disarmed today. So I'm just going to say it. If you're in this place today, and and this is you, I've been describing you all day. I want to tell you, and I want to point out that your, your peace is not in God right now. Your peace is in the action of the storm. I will say that again. Your peace is not in God. It's in the action of the storm. And God wants you guys to know this morning that he is more faithful than a boat. He's more faithful than the end of the storm. He's more faithful. And so if we can have our faith and we can have our peace in him, then, then I think life would look a little bit different right? Um, The storms would come, but we would get what we needed to get out of the storms rather than letting the storms get something out of us. Amen. We can have peace in here and listen to me. There will be things in life, I promise you, that will happen to you that will try to take you from your purpose. It will be your storm. But God has given you the power, the authority and the people in your life to fulfill that purpose. And one of the greatest is what we're talking about today is peace, right? Peace allows us to carry on. Peace of the future, peace in my calling, right? There, there's so many things that God gives us peace in. And I want to tell you that peace separates us from, from the rest of the world. Godly peace separates us, or, or it should, let me, let me say it like that. It should separate us from the rest of the word, world because it is so steadfast. And listen to me, church. Peace will determine what the storms do to you. What your peace is in will determine what the storms do to you. Now, I'm going to give you a, 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 little, a little story about so as you get older, and some of you folks in the room that are a little bit older can help me out with this. This is not a hit towards you. This is not like one of those me getting up there and be like, huh, old people. Um, I just want to let you know, I'm pretty stinking close to being up there myself these days. So I'm not going to do that. Um, but when you get older, can I just tell you that sometimes your peace uh, starts to change allegiance, and it starts to align itself with other things. Let me, let me tell you a good story. Let me tell you good people is what I mean this morning. Um, when I was younger, probably up to, you know, probably about 13, 14, I hated, hated any type of thrill rides, carnival rides, roller coasters, anything like that. You get me on the tilt-a-whirl, I'll do that all day. You get me on something that doesn't leave the ground. I don't care if it makes me throw up. 
Just don't let it leave the ground. I don't like thrill rides. I don't like heights. Still don't like heights. That's why God made me short. Um, listen, I, uh, I, I don't like it, okay? And then about uh, around the age 13, 14, maybe, maybe even a little bit older, I started riding roller coasters and I just fell in love. I mean, I started riding roller coasters. I started, I started doing like the big swing thing at, the, at Six Flags. I've done that several times actually. And uh, um, so I, I, I started to love thrill ride. Uh, it, it just basically anything that does thrill. And, and so now in my early years, I just could not get enough of it. I will ride anything and everything thrill ride. Well, well now that brings me to... Um, fast forward a couple of years, I'm about to be in my 30s. Um, I don't have kids yet, and my wife and I went on a cruise with my entire family, my sister, brother-in-law, their two kids, my mom. We all went on a cruise together, and before the cruise left, we went to Daytona. And my mom grew up in Daytona, so it was kind of like special for her. And, and, and so we went to the boardwalk, and I should have been thrown off by the fact that I was walking to the boardwalk, and I put my hand on something, and it was just vomit. Like, have you? There's a lot. Okay, so let me set this up. There's like those little concrete post things, right? Somebody launched, they launch up on one of those and just nested it there. And I'm like, you know, at first I was kind of like grossed out and mad, but then have you ever been at the point to where some, some of y'all parents that know what I'm talking about, where you're like, I'm not even mad anymore. That's impressive. I'm, I'm actually decently proud of you for, for however that happened because there is literally a whole beach full of trash cans, ocean that you could have fed the fish. God, God forbid you put it on this one post. And then I put my hand in it. That should have told me how the day was going to go. But it didn't. And so we get there to the boardwalk. And how many of y'all know what the slingshot is? Y'all know what the slingshot is? Okay. For those of you that don't, um, online, I can't see your hands. You just look crazy. So just letting you know, I'm just kidding. Um, slingshot is this little cage that you sit in, you and two people, and they put you in this cage, and they pull you about six feet underground, and then they let you go, and you just shoot up in the air, and you're attached to two giant rubber bands, and you just bounce. And that's pretty much exactly what it does, exactly what I said. And so I had been kind of wanting to, to do it, but, but I was like, man, that's... That's different level. <laughs> That's different level of trust out here on the beach, knowing that, you know, ocean messes up stuff. Anyway, I'm, get, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Y'all bear with me. Y'all bear with me. Um, I get up there. My brother-in-law talks me into it. We go together, right? We go. He has fun. I have fun. We get down, and then we both instantly realize that's not worth it. Never again, you know, never again. So we both realized that, and I would just, listen, I, I, I know my sister and my brother-in-law will probably watch this, so I'm going to tell on them, and I, I want you to judge them, okay? My brother-in-law bowed out. He's like, nope, but that was about the time that my nephew came up, and he's like, oh, that did look fun. Now I'm not scared. I want to do it. And I'm like, with your dad, dude. Dad's bowed out. 
at this point, he's done. He's like, no, sir. No, sir. And so I'm like, okay, second time, it's probably fine. I get up there. I do it. It's fun. First time I ever heard my nephew cuss. I'm just going to be honest. I was like, what are you saying? You know, did you just, we, you know, there's a videotaping. Right? Oh, yeah, listen. I'll have, actually, my sister has a video. Um, and then my little sweet niece comes up. And she goes, they called me Bubba back then. Bubba, will you, will you ride with me? And I'm like, no. Not at all. No, I don't. No. And it's, she's like, I want to do it. And, and so at this point, now Tyler's been like not doing it again. So th somehow they let me get on that thing again for the third time. And I do this. And man, it was extremely crazy. And so I want to tell y'all that my, my peace and stuff has changed. When I was younger, I used to be like, man, I will ride all of this stuff. I went to Disneyland this past uh, December, and I was on Expedition Everest. I'm not kidding, you guys. I'm not kidding. Listen to me. I'm not joking at all. I sat down in that seat. I started praying. I said, dear Jesus, I said, I don't know why I did this. My kids can't ride it. I don't have anything to prove. I'm scared to death. And so I started praying. I'm like, God, give me peace. God, give me peace. And I look over there and it said, you shouldn't ride it if you have heart problems. And I'm like, I looked at Rachel, I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm like at that age where I have heart problems maybe. And I'm like, Am I, is this thing going to kill me? And, and so I want to tell you that that's where my uh, allegiance lies right now. And listen, that has nothing to do with my message. Y'all just sat through about 15 minutes. Nothing to do with, with my message. But I just wanted to tell you that things change uh, uh, as you go through life. Life teaches you things. Life will give you certain perspectives based on your experience that is now going to tell you where to place your peace. So the angel comes, tells Paul, everyone will be spared. Come on, somebody who wishes that God would send an angel. Send me an angel. Yeah, right? Y'all hear those notes? Y'all hear those notes? They received word, but the storm continued for days. They could see the shore. They could see the hope. They could see the rescue. All they had to do was aim for it and go, but they hit a sandbar, and the ship started to break apart. So I want to ask you today, what happens when the storm doesn't end like we thought it should? Not, not just when we thought it should, but what happens when the storm doesn't end the way we thought it, it should. What happens when you could see the light at the end of the tunnel, but then you see that there's another wave right there behind it, right? Listen, this is what this whole pandemic has seemed to be, right? It, it, it's like sometimes life starts to feel a little normal again, and then you just look, and it's like, here comes another one. Here comes Delta variant. 
here comes here here comes this here comes this and here comes another shutdown here comes another you know now we're having problems with getting people to go back to work because there's so much fear and there's so much there's so much surrounding all of this thing and, and, and so we were almost back to normal and then here comes the next wave and I want to tell you don't worry I'm about to get to the encouraging part Here's what I've noticed. God does not cause the storms in our life, but he will use them. God doesn't cause the storms in our lives, but he will use them. Because here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that he will work all things out for our good. Now, that word all means all, amen? So that means that anything you're going through, anything that's happening right now, if you believe in Jesus, can I, can I just tell you that even if you don't see it, even if you don't believe it, right now, God is working everything out for your good. That means at the end of whatever you're going through, there is good because we serve a good God. We serve a good father who wants good things for his people. Amen. Listen, listen. Yes. Give God praise. Um, listen, God doesn't cause sickness. He doesn't, he doesn't cause the depression, the anxiety and the uh, uh, addictions. Can I just tell you, they're not God's will for your life. You know, uh, uh, they're not your thorn to bear. I don't know who this is for. I put this in here. I felt like this is for somebody. Um, they're not your thorn to bear. Can, can, can I tell you that, that right now, Jesus paid the price so that you can be set free from that. Now, I know that sometimes it's easy for me to get up here on stage and tell you that because I'm not in the middle of your life. But I want to tell you that that, that word all means that, that he works all things together for your good. And so while I am, listen, I am one of those pe preachers that I believe that you should grab your sin, you should, you should let it be known, lay it at the cross, and let it be gone. I don't believe that you should hide it. I don't believe that you should, you should pretend that it's not there because here's what I know, that oftentimes leads you from being away from God because God doesn't want you to pretend that you're perfect in his presence. He wants to make you perfect in his presence. And if you come bearing everything open, he will set you free from that because it is not your thorn to bear. Now, I want you to think about it like this. God will use the storms to take you to a better place in him, to, to not just to take us away from life. Now, I preached on this story a couple of years back. It was while we were still on Fairburn Road, and I, I preached. It's, it's on our podcast if you want to go listen to it, but I preached what happened when when Paul and them were shipwrecked and they finally made it to the island, I, I shared what happened and, and actually it was a great purpose that Paul was there. God used that, although God didn't send him, he used it. If you go back and you read the start of that story, Paul actually warns the captain, we shouldn't set sail right now. We're going to hit a storm and we're going to sink our ship. There's a warning there, and he still goes, and God still uses it. Uses it. It's a great story. I highly suggest that you either go and read this yourself or go find those messages. It's about Malta. Just look for the word Malta, and you'll know them. But God uses Paul for great things. And, and, and here's what I've seen. 
in life is many times God will not let the storm pass until he gets his purpose out of it. Until he, until he gets his purpose out of it. Because that's the answer to the question of why did God do this and not do it here? Why did God do this? Because he had a purpose and he's not going to let that storm pass until he gets his purpose. I want to give you three things today. Three things. Number one, storms bring us to brokenness. The, the Bible said that they ran ashore on a sandbar and the ship began to break apart, right? Listen, he's already sent his promise that they would be saved, but here they are with things still breaking apart. And here's another thing that I have discovered is brokenness is what God wants for us. Now hear me, stay with me till the end. Don't, don't, don't clock out right now because I know that's a lot of, Thing, that word brokenness right there, that, that makes a lot of people just want to turn off the old audibles, right? And so I want you to stay with me till the end because brokenness is what God wants for us. That being said, there's the world's definition of brokenness and then there's, the, there's God's definition of brokenness. The world defines brokenness as I have given up hope. As a matter of fact, I gave it a quick Googs yesterday to see what brokenness actually meant in the English dictionary. And this is what it means. The first definition is forcibly separated into two or more pieces, fractured. The examples are a broken arm, broken glass. And then the second definition is sundered by divorce, separation, or desertion of parent or parents. The examples there are children from broken homes or or from a broken marriage. Listen, forcibly separated. That's what brokenness means. And, and let me ask you, can I, will y'all be 100% honest with me? 100%, you too, chat. Listen, I'm going to be honest too. How many of y'all got lost when I said sundered? All right, all right. Thank you. All right, so, so I just want to tell y'all, I have to use that college degree every once in a while, amen? That, that, so that's for you guys. That's, that's, that's what Southeastern gave me is sundered, amen? Sundered simply means to be split apart, forcibly split apart. This type of brokenness is the type of brokenness that makes us want to give up hope, that makes us want to give up our fight. This is the type of brokenness where depression comes in. This is where the panic attacks start to come in, the, the anxiety, and, and for some, even suicidal thoughts. It comes from a place of no longer having hope. And that is a very lonely, down place, a place of having no hope. I'm broken. And, and, and listen to me, church. This is not the brokenness that I'm talking about this morning. The brokenness that I'm talking about that comes from God is the brokenness of yourself and self-reliance. The brokenness of peace being in a boat or, or the peace being in a storm being able to go away. If I could just make it past the storm, then I'll be okay. The, the brokenness of peace and waiting in the storm to go away. Someone say, make it plain for me today. All right. <laughs> I finally came to a place in my peace and my, where, where, where my faith and my strength are not in the things around me. That's been something that God has been teaching me over the last couple of years because, listen, there's not a lot of strength around anymore. 
There's not a lot of hope around anymore. There's not a lot. Can I tell you, we have one of the greatest things that the world is looking for right now, and that's hope. It's hope. Instead, I believe that I finally came to the place to where God will work all the storms in my life for the for the good of me. Come on, somebody help me preach this morning. Y'all bring it out of me. We're almost there, we're almost there. Psalm 51, 17 says it like this. It says, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. Oh God. Listen, that's what God wants from us. That's the brokenness that God wants from us. The, the, the brokenness from all the things that we know can fail, but instead we have a self, uh, we are not a self-reliance, but a reliance on him who does not waver or fail. Listen, the Bible says that he is attracted to that, that he desires that. And, and listen, everything in the Bible is for us, amen? We can't believe that the fruit of the Spirit is for us and that we're able to live like that if we don't believe that all of this is for us. So I want to tell you everything in the Bible is for us. Everything in God's Word is to help us, guide us, and mold us into a better and deeper relationship with God and to make us more effective ministers of the gospel I want to tell you everything in the Bible is for us today, but not everything in the Bible is going to get you excited. Not everything in the Bible is going to get you excited. Some things will make you want to shout. Some things that, that we read in the Bible makes you want to go, I don't know if I like that. I'm going to read something else. I'm going to read something else. Let me get somewhere else. Uh, can I give you something to shout about today? I'll take it away in a couple of minutes. But can I give you, can I give you something to shout about today? Yeah. Listen, you are on the edge of breakthrough. Amen. You are on the edge of breakthrough. I know that because I see it. God is trying to bring us as a church into a, a greater place of influence and, and a greater place of ministry in our community. And so what he has been doing is he has been stretching the church and through stretching the church, I know that he's doing the same thing in you guys. Because the church wouldn't be doing it if you guys weren't. As you guys go, the church goes. So I see what God's doing in you because I see what God's doing in the church. He, he, he's trying to bring us to a greater place of, of purpose, greater place of, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He, he, he's trying to bring us there. And why? Because there is no law against those things. And you know, it's funny that the very things that there is no law that we can, we can just have freely operating in our lives are the very things that we don't normally have freely operating in our lives. It's also the thing that most people are looking for. Go out to the mall today and ask somebody what would make their life better. And, and tell me if it can't be answered by one of these things. It's amazing. People are looking for these things because there's no law against them. Hear me today, church. Listen, I believe God is going to wake some of us up from a funk that we've been on. P people joining us online, I believe that, that God is going to help you get back some excitement that maybe you've lost. Get back some passion that maybe you've lost. Help you dream some dreams that maybe you've let go over the last couple of years. Because I can tell you the last couple of years have been dream killers 
And, and, and listen, we need your dreams. We need your visions. We need you to have your passion. And so I believe that that is where a lot of us is going to be today. Listen, I could preach a whole nother sermon on this. I could even, I could even preach a whole nother sermon on how, how, how the storm's over, but you don't even know it. Right? Because if you go back and read this, the storm was actually done. And so then, then they woke up and could see the shore. And so all of this happened after. Could you imagine? It's like, oh, hey, yay, we made it through the storm. There's an there's a island. <laughs> you know, you're sitting there on the, on the boat and it just crashes. And you're like, well, this is probably not good, right? <laughs> Listen, I got to stay on topic. <laughs> Someone said, come back to us. I'm going to say something now that probably won't make a lot of us shout. And it's funny because it's the same thing, but I'm just going to add a little, little, little space. You are on the verge of breakthrough. You're on the verge of breakthrough. I looked at that word and I was like, in order for something to break through, something has to break. Something has to break. You know, if I could preach this right, I think we'll still get pretty excited. Before God can trust me with more influence in our community, there has to be less of me. Before God can take me uh, or help me lead you guys into a deeper place of worship, I have to go to a deeper place of worship. There has to be less of me, and, and the same is true for our church right now. God is trying to bring us to this place, and I'm telling you, uh, as, as one of the pastors here, I see the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, and I'm telling you, it's happening. We can get up here and we can tell you it's happening but I, I, I promise you, it's happening. And the amazing thing is that if God is doing it in the church, I know he's doing it in your personal lives, right? He's setting the church to be more effective, to be more influential. I just keep getting that, that, that word in my spirit, influential. Imagine it, how good it's going to be to be in this community and be influential for, for the power and cause of Christ. Could you imagine us being able to live by these fruits and give, give people the, the know-how to live by these fruits? Can you imagine how full our doors would be if we could teach people how to live like this, right? And so I know that if that's what God's doing, again, he's doing it in you. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, this is where peace separates us. This is where peace separates us from the rest of the world because imagine trying to tell someone who doesn't know Jesus how to have peace in a season that you don't have peace in yet. How to have peace in a, in a death in the family that, that you haven't been able to be healed from yet or a loss that, that you haven't been able to be healed from yet. My job this morning is to give you guys kind of like this aerial view because I get to stand up here every week and I can see what God's doing in your lives. I can see, I can see it. I can, I can see as God is changing you and as God is moving in you. And so I get this aerial view uh, of, of what it's like and what God is doing and I have this unique perspective to see what God is accomplishing in our church. And, and, and listen, you may still be right on the ship as it's starting to break apart right now. Let me say this to you. 
God has never been caught off guard. God has never had the discussion of, I didn't see that one coming. We could take peace in that. There's a peace in knowing that he's never been caught off guard. That means that not only the stuff that has happened to us in our past that does he know about, but the stuff that's happening in our future, he knows about. And, and he's saying, listen, I'll tell you where to go if you'll listen to me this morning. Let's, let's look at one of my favorite verses. Romans 12, it's, it's uh, actually verses 1 and 2. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice that he will find acceptable. Now, I can tell you right now, we've already defined what that is, a living sacrifice that he finds acceptable. Um, a broken spirit is the sacrifice that he desires, right? We just read it. Um, this is your true way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Listen, this is one of my favorite scriptures that, that, that fights, again the, uh, fights against the whole behavior modification aspect of Christianity because it says right here, it doesn't say that God will change your behaviors it doesn't say that God will change uh, uh, the, the way, the, who you pretend to be. It says that God will transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So here's, here's the second thing I want to give you today. And I hope this kind of changes the way you think is brokenness is not destruction. Brokenness is not the same thing as destruction. God wants you to walk in brokenness, but not destruction or despair. So, so in this story, it says they get, get to the ship, they get to the, the, the sandbar, starting to break apart. And, and another thing that I've noticed that God will use in these storms in our lives is he'll use those to expose false faith right? You see, a lot of time, our faith is not actually in God, but it's in the thing that God is using. It's in the, it's in the tool that God is using in that season. And so if our faith is there, a lot of times that means our peace is going to be there. I want to say it like this. One of my good friends, Brad, has been uh, doing woodworking and he's gotten pretty good at it. Like he started off just kind of uh, kind of fiddling around with stuff and, and making his house look better. And he's, he's gotten really good at it to the point to where he's actually opened up like a little side job where he makes stuff out of wood. And so I started thinking about him. And, and so you have this, this carpenter or, or this woodworker, right? And uh, he, he's wanting to make this particular uh, like piece of furniture. It doesn't matter... He could take all his tools, he can line them up there, he could get ready and he could start shaping them. But no matter what tool the carpenter is using, the purpose and the goal will not change. See, see, he can, he can take a piece of raw wood and he can saw it down and he can sand it down and he can, he can get ready to, to do all this. And all these things are doing different things to the wood. It's putting the wood through different seasons. It's putting the wood 
through different different tools, different shapings, and then when when you put it all together, it all ended out the same. And, and, and here's the problem: is we get so attached to the tools that that when the tool goes, so does our hope, so does our faith, so does our peace. When some of us are so attached to people that when they walk out of our lives, we don't have a vision or a plan for our own. We're so dependent on that relationship that we don't know what to do without it. So dependent on that season that when it changes, we don't know what to do. I'm going to get in trouble with this one. Some of us are attached to our own ability. And this is why, why I think the pandemic has kind of hit everybody so hard because at the end of the day, how many of y'all know that, that when you're going through stuff, when you get to a certain point, you just want to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you want to get back to it. But, but this pandemic has, has taken away that thing, right? I'm healthy. I know that I'll be able to do this. I, I know that I'll be able to show up. Even, even if nobody else does, I know that I'll be able to show up. And, and, and this pandemic has taken that away. And a lot of us don't know how to live with that. A lot of us don't know what to do with that. And, and this one hit home with me. I don't know if y'all can really hear, but I've been uh, chewing on cough drops and taking stuff. Um, for, for those of y'all that don't know, we had a bout of COVID hit our house the first week of August, right? Um, first week of August, we're in the first week of October, so we are two months out from catching COVID. It hit my wife first, it hit her hard, and, and very quickly, and it took her out for pretty much the whole time that uh, you're contagious, considered contagious. It kind of took out my son. It, it, it was less, uh, it was less, I guess, <laughs> I'm, I'm searching for a good word. It was less fierce. <laughs> if, if you haven't had it yet, um, it's a very weird disease. Like, it can, it can cause people to die, but it can also not have anything. You cannot present any symptoms. And so it's a very weird thing to have. And we're still dealing with the effects. I can tell you that there has not been a week that has gone by that one of us have not been to the doctor. One of us has not been going to get on some medicine. We've spent more than enough money to fund our retirement on Theraflu and cough junk. And, and, and even this week, it started to set back up in my chest again. It started to set up in Lila's chest again. Y'all, I can't even tell y'all how blessed y'all are that my voice didn't just go <laughs> this morning. Because that's what it's been doing all week. Every time I try to talk, every time I try to sing, y'all are, are just extremely blessed that God kept my voice going this morning. It hit home with me. We're, we're, we're two months in, and, and now here we are. We're taking breathing treatments every four hours. We're, we're doing Vicks Vapor Rub. Lila was so cute last night. Um, I put Vicks on, on my chest and on my nose, and... And uh, I rubbed it on Judah and Lila. We we didn't do um, when she was younger. I don't know if y'all know this, but Vicks Vaporub. I know it's like a like an old school heal everything. I know because my mom would would give it. If I even sounded like I was gonna cough, she's like, rub this on you. Put on some clothes. You're gonna end up with pneumonia. 
you know. Um, and it seemed like the next day I was healed, right? And uh, so, but it's not good for little kids. It, it can actually really mess with their lungs. And, and so we haven't done it, but she's finally at the age to where she's okay to do it. And so I took just this little bit, just kind of left over on my hand, and I, I rubbed her little chest, and she stood up, and she goes, <coughs> my coronavirus is gone! <laughs> and you guys... Oh, man, I wish I could have recorded it. I was like, oh, honey, I love you so much. I, oh, but we've been dealing with this, and, and, it's, and it's, taken, it's taken its hit because I, I love being here at this church, and I love being involved. And even further, I'm at the place in leadership where, where I, I pretty much come to everything because I want to show support. I want to I wanna let you guys know that I'm going to do what we're asking you to do, too. And so... I missed Elevate this past week. And Elevate's one of my favorite nights that we gather because we get to come together, we get to hear the vision of God, we get to hear what's going on in ministries that we don't necessarily uh, have any idea about. And also, we get to celebrate you guys. It's, it's a chance for your leadership team to just say, hey, these guys are the guys that, that, like, we're noticing God not only moving in them, but God is using them to do some amazing things, and we've been able to to really just celebrate some, uh, some people and, and all that and get together and just have fun, and Russell always wins the bingo. I don't know. He'd be cheating. Um, I don't know what happens. Ru Russell could almost just fund his whole life at this bingo game that we have at Elevate. He, he, he's, he's just a winner at bingo, and I, man, it just beats all I've ever seen. But I had to miss it because Lila was coughing so hard. It, at first, we thought she was throwing up. Like, we were on the way to church, and she's vomiting. I'm like, okay, let's play rock, paper, scissors. Who's going to the meeting? Who's keeping the kids? So I turned around, and, and we, we kept the kids. I kept the kids at home. And, and uh, I asked Lila, and she's finally at the age where now she'll tell us, you know. I'm like, do you feel yucky? And she's like, I cough so much that I throw up. And I'm like, man, you, she's had so much drainage, and she's coughing so hard that she's literally throwing up. And, 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 and so I know what this pandemic can do to us. I still... Getting up here today is the first day this week that I don't feel like absolute death. And so I know that it's hitting home. I know that it is. I know that it's hitting some of us different. Let me, let me read to you from Psalm 20, verse 7. It says, Some nations boast of their chariot and horses, but we boast in the name of the Lord our God. Those nations will fall down and collapse, but we will rise up and stand firm. And I want to tell you, this is not a political thing. This is, this is saying that we boast in the name of the Lord, therefore when everything else falls and collapses, we will be able to rise up and stand firm. I want to tell you today, church, don't put your faith in the tool. I'm going to set you free. It's only a tool. It's only a tool. Put your faith in the one holding the tool. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 8.18. I got a lot of scripture, man. God was just spitting out some scripture. Listen, Deuteronomy 8.18. I, I love this. Uh, Judah started learning the books of the Bible, and he came to me the other day, and he goes, Daddy, did you know there's a book in the Bible that sounds like dirty laundry? And I said, I said yes, I did. And, of course, I was like, it's uh, actually pronounced Deuteronomy. 
and uh, Lila, we're walking up the steps at home, and Lila's in her her uh, pajamas. We're all dressed for bed, and she looks at me with those big, beautiful brown eyes and these curls, and she goes, "Daddy, what is a doo-doo Bartleby?" And I and I lost it, guys. I'm just going to tell you. I, I had to tell you all that story because you'll never be able to read Deuteronomy again without thinking about that. It's always going to be doo-doo Bartleby. And so that's what I think of. Just ruined the Bible for you guys. Just want to let you know. Um, it says, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant that he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. Listen, it's the Lord your God that gives you the power. It was never about the tool, right? And, and another thing that I've discovered is that if you depend on the tool too long, God will take away the tool. Yeah. God's changing the tool that he's using to shape our leadership team right now. Where's my directional team at? Um, listen, it's hard. God's stretching us. God's pushing us. God is doing some things in our directional team that, that has been uncomfortable because it's forcing us to grow. But I know at the end of it, it's going to make us better because of these promises right here. These, these promises, God is using a tool to shape us, and it would be really easy to be used to the last tool that he used to shape us and just want to stay there. But can I tell you that what God is making in this church, what God is making in your leaders, what God is making in you is not finished yet. And it's not going to be finished if you keep running back to the other tool. Bless you. <laughs> Listen, I know it's hard. I know it is. I get it. When I was reading this and I was typing it, I was like, I got to let the people know that I'm not just some pastor standing up here that doesn't know what you're going through. That I'm not just some person. Listen, I know what you're going through. I know what you're going through. It, I kind of started thinking about this. Where... We're about to close with this um, story of Samson. We, we, if you've been in church for five minutes, you know who Samson is. Um, it's kind of like David. You come into church, hey, welcome to Eastgate. Uh, do you know Samson and David? All right, let's go. You know, it, 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 it's like one of, those, one of those stories that we know as a kid, you know. Uh, but there's a story in there where Samson is up against the Philistines and he runs across a donkey car carcass, right? See, now this is the place where I can't preach from the New King James. I'm not, I'm not quite old enough yet. Y'all get it? Josh got it. Josh got it. I know Josh got it. Because the New King James be cussing. Y'all don't get it? It's all right. Just put it in your pocket. You'll get it at lunch. All right, so... He comes across this carcass of a, jaw, uh, of a donkey. I'm all messed up now. Y'all done messed me up, man. Y'all didn't laugh at my joke. <laughs> he picks up this jawbone of a donkey, and he beats the Philistines to death. How many of them were there, Pastor? How many of how many y'all know how many there were? How many? Nobody knows? Let me tell you. Two th is that me? 2,000. 2,000. He beat these Philistines. He 
he beat him up with the donkey jawbone. Now, I was thinking about this, and I, I listen, there's a nice little donkey named Rico that lives right down our, our road. We go pet him sometimes. We'll feed him sometimes. Nice little donkey. And I'm just sitting here looking, and I'm like, you know, if it's the jawbone of a lion who, who depends on his jaw strength, or if it's the jawbone of a megalodon <laughs> that she came across, I get it. I get it. But it's a donkey jawbone, right? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my last thing because this is going to show y'all how messed up my mind is. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, you know what? It might have been better for Samson to at least come across a giraffe or something. He could just grab the neck and just start beating people, you know? He, he could just start swinging on them. But I'm sitting here, I'm like, he had the jawbone of a donkey. But listen to me, after all the work he did with the jawbone of the donkey, you know what Samson did when he was done? He threw down the jawbone and he walked away. His next fight, he didn't have the jawbone. His next defeat of the Philistines, he didn't have the jawbone. We're going to close with this. This is the third thing. Dave, if you want to come on up here and play something. The third thing is that you can ride your brokenness to purpose. You could ride your brokenness to purpose. Here we are, Paul and the others are in the sea. They're looking to grab a piece of the, of the boat that's broken around them, the wood, the planks that's broken around them so that they that can't swim can grab these planks and they can use it to float. They, they could use these, these planks to go to, to purpose. Now we know that Paul's not going to not going to die in this because we know that he's got a purpose. But can I tell you, right now, he's heading to Malta. Newsflash, this was not his purpose. Paul was shipwrecked in an unfamiliar place. He, he had been told that he, he was going to Rome, but he's now in Malta. And here's where a lot of us live. We, we live in this place where we get the word from God and that we expect the next thing that he does in us to be a miracle. We expect the next thing to be the storm to stop, the depression to be gone, the sickness, the fear, the anger, the bitterness to be gone. We expect it right then because we've got the word from God. I can tell you that, that Paul is awesome. That's why I love preaching about Paul. But can I tell you that God is still working on Jeremy? When, when God gives me a word, I want the same chariot that picked up Elijah. I want him to come pick me up. I want him to bring me some barbecue. And I want him to take me to my purpose. Listen, I'll even throw my cloak, right? Some of y'all that paid attention at our 12 stones. I'll even throw my cloak. I, I'll, I'll make sure it's an Alabama cloak. That way y'all can have some national championships too. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Hey, hey, listen, I'll take a go dogs right now. Larry, you can't raise your hand, homie. For those of y'all that can't see, Larry's wearing Tennessee colors, so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we had Peyton, right? All right, I, I got to get back on task. I got to get back. I'd throw my cloak, you know, double blessing. Bye, guys. I'm eating this barbecue. I'm out. 
right? We expect that if there's a word from God, there will be a rescue from God. We, we expect that when God sends his message, what's next is going to be us just automatically getting to the end of it. God told Paul, you're going to be saved, but listen to me, church. He also told him that he was going to be broken. He told him that you're going to be saved. As a matter of fact, everybody will be saved, but you will be shipwrecked and broken. He didn't tell him why. He didn't tell him what he wanted him to do next. He just said, this is what's going to happen. And I often wonder if it's the way that Paul allowed his brokenness to be built back by God that led him to live so differently. We We can all agree that Paul lived differently. Especially after his transformation, Paul lived differently. So here they are, cold ocean, grabbing hold of the brokenness. Now here, here's where I need y'all to pretend. I'm, gonna, I'm walking off camera, I know, I know. It's all right. Can't even get out a drumstick in this church. You know what I mean? So I need y'all to pretend that this is a piece of broken wood. They're in the ocean. They're grabbing a hold of, of brokenness, right? They're grabbing a hold of everything. And can, can I stop today? And I'm just going to set, this is a big theological debate, and I'm just going to set you free. I don't do this often as a pastor um, because I don't want to tell you how to think. I believe that God works out your own convictions and God leads you to the place where he wants you to do. I do believe that as a pastor, we're there to give you words of wisdom. But I am never going to sit, to sit up here and just tell you, this right here, this issue, you can just rest on because it is 100%. But this one, I will today. There was enough room on that daggum door for Leonardo DiCaprio. There was enough room on that door. And if Rose would have just scooted over, there would have been a sequel. There would have been a sequel, right? Now, I've read this story a bunch. I've, I've read this part a bunch about this, this shipwreck. I've read the story about Malta. I've, I've read all this stuff. I've preached on it a couple of times, but I've never seen it like I have this week. I've never seen it like this. I've never seen these details, and I was praying over everything this week. And and I want you to get this, that it's not in our wholeness that God's strength is proven. It's not in our wholeness that God's strength is revealed. It's in our brokenness. The, The reason that I can preach that God can break your addiction today is because I know that, that God will break the addiction today. I've seen God break addictions. The reason why I know that God can heal cancer is because I have a a, a friend of mine that I used to to lead worship with that their kid that's not much older than Judah had cancer twice and God healed him. he's, He's standing right now probably worshiping God in children's church. Healed of cancer twice. I've seen him heal it. But I can tell you that none of that breakthrough comes without something breaking. 
without something breaking. If there was never brokenness, then we wouldn't know to go to God for our hope. We wouldn't know to go, go to God for our peace. We wouldn't know to go to God for our, our fullness. You know what we would see? A ship. A ship. In this story, the storm came. The ship didn't do anything. God saved these people. And I'm telling you today that God wants you to take your focus off of the storm. He wants you to take the focus off of the ship because he wants you to see who the real savior and the real provider of your peace and your faith is. And so many times I see people, they hide the fact that they're broken, hiding it from people, hiding it from God. It's funny, they hide it from themselves. You know, um, and God sent me to tell you that you got to take hold of that. The Bible says that which Christ takes hold of you, you have to take hold of that. I'm going to read a couple more scriptures and then we'll, we'll get out of here. Galatians 3.13 says this, it says, But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. Now I wrote here, from our brokenness. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. I want to read it like this. But Christ has rescued us from our brokenness. When he was hung on a cross, he took upon himself the curse for our brokenness and our wrongdoing, and he became broken. For it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we, listen to this, we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. When we grab on to brokenness, listen to me church, we're not just grabbing on to a piece of wood. We're not just grabbing on to a piece of our past that we're trying to hold on to. That's not what God is talking about grabbing a hold of here. What, what God's saying is, listen, you need to accept that you're broken and you need to accept that there's somebody that can fix it. There's somebody that if you will take up this, this piece of, uh, of the wood, this piece of the cross, take hold of it and say, listen, I'm not whole. I know I'm broken. I, I, I know that I need this. I know, I, I know that I need this. But God's saying, if, if you'll grab hold of that brokenness today, church, if you'll, if you'll say what it is, if you'll admit what it is, if you'll see what it is, listen, he, he's saying right now, that's where I've grabbed you to. I take hold of that. I take hold of your brokenness. And I can do that because I became broken. I can bring you to a place to where you are restored, where you are set free. Because I came and I lived that for you. If you would, bow your head, close your eyes in this place this morning. I'm not going to do a big, long altar call. I just want to uh, really just ask a couple questions. 
the first question that I want to ask, I never, I never want to leave this place without giving people the chance of accepting Jesus Christ as, as their Savior. And so I just want to ask those in this room and those that are online, this is for you. Listen, don't tune out. A lot of times this is where we tune out of, out of church. And can I tell you, this is a lot of times where God breaks down the things that you've been praying for him to break down. So don't unplug from this. If that's you and you've never accepted Christ in this place and you want to, I just want to give you that opportunity. If you would, just raise your hand, wave it at me real quick. Online, if, if you're making a decision today, do, do us a favor and just drop us, drop us a message and say, hey, I made a decision today for Jesus. <clears throat> the other question that I want to ask is for the group of people that I believe that this message was for. You know that I was talking to you today. You know that God has been working on you today. Excuse me. You know that God has been convicting you today. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Just raise it up in this place. Wave it at me. I see that hand. <clears throat> Amen. Here's what I want to do. Like I said, I didn't feel like God wanted to have this necessarily big breakout altar session. But here's, here's what I believe is you know what's going on in your life and you know what's going on between you and God you know the thing that God's got his hand on right now <clears throat> you've heard the word of God this morning and so what I want to challenge you to do today is I'm going to pray over you and I just want you to start that conversation and get it get it started with God but here's Here's what I want to challenge you to do, and I want to challenge everybody in here and everybody online. <clears throat> this Wednesday is our prayer service, and I can just tell you God did amazing things at our last one, and God has told us as a, as a church to make this, this service different, that it's not just a service where we're coming in just to have church, but instead it is a real prayer, worship-focused service. And so I want to encourage you to get that conversation started today, but I want to I ask you, if you would, to come back this Wednesday. Because, listen, God has been pouring into me that, that he wants to set people free, and, and he started to show me what he wants to do for Wednesday night, and I can tell you that it, it's going to be powerful. And so I want to encourage you to be here for that because it's just a time where we can come. We get away from all the distractions, all the stuff, and we can just get in the presence of God. So I'm going to pray over you, and that, that's what I want to encourage you to do. Father, thank you for 
for speaking to us this morning. Thank you for bringing us to a place to where we can look and see where our faith is. We can look and see where our peace is. And, and if it's not in the right thing, that we could change it and we can put it in the right thing, God. And I pray for those right now that is going through a storm. Lord, I pray that as they're in the storm, that you just start to speak to them their purpose. You start to speak to them what you want to do. You start to show them what they want to do, what you want to do, God. And I pray that, that they start to take hold of the peace of knowing that you're working all things for their good. And God, we praise you. We honor you and we thank you again for your presence in this place. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Can we give God praise this morning? Thank you.